There you are. Here I am. Good morning, Four Oaks. It's Pastor Paul here on a chilly Wednesday morning, February 21st. So glad that you have jumped on the Pastoral Devo train. We are working our way through Matthew's Gospel, and we are um, in the last section of chapter 16. As we've seen that prior to this, Peter has made this amazing confession that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Um, Jesus has commended Peter for this, says it's a gift from God that he's received it. And so there now there is clarity, crystal clear clarity about who Jesus is. However, as we're seeing in the passage this week, there's not crystal clear clarity, if you could say that, about the, the mission of the Messiah, what Jesus has actually come to do and to not do. And it's in that vein that we are in Matthew 16, verse 21 to the end of the chapter. So let me read the text and we'll pick back up where we left off yesterday. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Forever, For whoever would save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. So we left off last time by Jesus beginning these discussions uh, by, there's the revelation of who he is, of course, but then he begins to, to show his disciples, tell his disciples as they journey towards Jerusalem that they are going to his certain death. And then on the third day, he will be raised again. In fact, the language is pretty strong here. It says that from that time, means Jesus in earnest from that moment, began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem. In other words, it was necessary. It was part of the divine plan. It was on the heart and mind of Jesus. It was not an accident. It was on purpose. Now, here in 22, um, we see that while Peter might have had a, a clear picture of who Jesus was, he, and along with the other disciples, did not understand what Jesus had come to do. Because upon hearing this, what does it say? Let's look back at the text, verse 22. It says, And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Now, this is, a, this, is, this is quite an amazing thing, right? Think about those times when you've had to pull aside your, your child. Um, you've, they, they've attempted to run into the street um, without looking, without permission, and a simple, hey, try not to think about doing that again. That's not warranted, right? There has to be a pulling aside, a stern talking to, because it's a life and death matter, right? If they don't understand the importance of obedience. And what Jesus 
uh, what's happening here is Peter is pulling this one on Jesus. He is setting, he's taking him aside to correct him, to, re, to rebuke him. And in fact, this saying, far be it from you, Lord, it, it could literally mean, may God be merciful to you, God. <laughs> so may God have mercy on you, Jesus. May God have mercy on you, Lord. There, there, there is a sense in which this is a, it's not just a rebuke, but it's also just a, a may this never happen. May this never be in your imagination. Never, never think about making this kind of choice. Far be it from you, of all people, Jesus, to think about dying. This shall never happen. And so Peter, probably in his mind, thinks he's doing something resolute, something noble, um, something um, courageous, something brave, right? Because... He sees who Jesus is, yet Jesus is talking gibberish nonsense, nonsense about going to die. Peter must correct this, okay? Now, remember, we're, we're, if you're Peter, you're living this in real time. You don't have the advantage of, of hindsight. And so what Jesus says to him next must have been just a, a, a massive right uppercut to the jaw. The, 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 this was a Mike Tyson, um, leave no doubt, um, leveling that, that Jesus does with Peter. And he says this, get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance, or literally, you are a stumbling block, okay? And, and we immediately think, is, is Satan possessing Peter? Is, is Peter under the influence of, of satanic um, forces? And I, I think that's not the point of the text, okay? And to speculate would be wrong, but I, I think in essence, okay, um, this is not talking about demon possession um, or, any, or any, or, you know, uh, the devil made me do it. I mean, God is already, I mean, Jesus has already commended Peter for the fact that the Holy Spirit lives in him and has given him this supernatural revelation about who Jesus is. I think what Jesus means here is that, Peter, you are speaking in the spirit of Satan. Now, of course, that means that Satan is standing behind Jesus, okay? I mean, behind Peter. In other words, there is, there's a temptation that, um, that, you know, remember, God doesn't tempt us. God tests us. Satan tempts us. And so clearly, this is a temptation um, from Satan to Peter, and I think we can learn a lot by this phrase, get behind me, Satan. Now, where have we seen that before, okay? Let's go over to Matthew um, 4.10, okay? So remember, Jesus is in the desert, in the wilderness. He's fasting. He's being tempted by Satan um, to abandon his mission. So let's look at verse 7 of Matthew 4. Jesus said to him, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. So here, Jesus is rebuking Satan, 
be gone, Satan. Well, this is almost the exact verbiage um, that Jesus is using um, when he rebukes Peter. He sees that what's behind Peter is this, this influence, this satanic influence, um, which is attempting to derail Jesus from his central purpose and mission. And of course, this is exactly what Satan does um, in, the gar in, in the wilderness. So remember in Matthew 4, he's offering Jesus the kingdoms of the world. He's telling Jesus to bow down to him. In other words, he's doing everything he can to deter Jesus from making a beeline to the cross. He, 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 he's, he's wanting Jesus to abandon this idea of suffering for sinners and to look out for himself, to, to uphold his own glory, to, um, you know, to, to, there's, there's no need to, for, for the Son of God to, to stoop to this level of suffering and, and dying. And, and of course, this is a ruse. Satan knows that once Jesus does this, um, it's sort of the final nail in his coffin, uh, Satan's coffin. And so, of course, he's wanting to deter Jesus. Of course, he's not wanting um, um, mankind to have victory over sin and death. Of course, that's what he wants. And Peter, although he may not know it, is speaking in that same spirit where he's saying, Jesus, there's no need for this. Um, that's not where the glory is. That's not where the honor is. That's not where the victory is. That's not where the, the triumph is. Okay. And in order to, to rebuke Jesus, I mean, to rebuke Peter, Jesus uses the same terminology he uses with Satan because it's the same temptation. Both are just, are, are, are saying it, um, is being manifested in multiple different ways. Now, of course we know this remained a temptation, right, for Jesus all the way up to the garden when um, Jesus wrestled with this divine will that not my will, but your will be done, where he was being taunted to come down from the cross. And um, I mean, th these are all different. You know, he, he tells Pilate he could call an army of angels to save him. So, so Jesus is being tempted with this all along the way. Now, what makes him different than us? He's tempted, but just as we are, but without sin, but without sin. So what, what, would, what would be the last thing we'd want to say this morning? You are a stumbling block to me, Peter. Why? You are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. In, in a lot of ways, we feel for Peter because we are Peter. Um, suffering, death never makes sense to us. Um, because we're seeing them from a human perspective. We're seeing them from the perspective of, of how can God be winning? How can he be building his church? How can he be accomplishing his purposes in my life if I'm suffering, if I'm not flourishing, if I am uh, wasting away? And, and, and of course, from a human fallen perspective, that's right which is why Jesus says we need the supernatural gift. Um, we need God to set our mind on him, have our vision corrected by him in order to see things um, as they truly are in God's divine economy. Um, and what we're going to see through death, it's not that God's mission is thwarted, it's accomplished both in the life of Jesus, now listen closely, Four Oaks, and in your life too. 
and we're going to find out how and why um, as we dig into the text tomorrow. All right, let's pray. Lord, really help us to see things as you see them. Help us to, to not look at things in a merely worldly, human way. But Lord, let us um, see through spiritual eyes, filled and empowered by your Spirit, that suffering, that death, is not the obstacle to your plan. It is the very means by which you accomplish your plan. And Lord, we want to trust in that. So Lord, fix our eyes on you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow.